So my goal is that I'm looking at playing at On today's episode, we discussed the process of evolving an offense with flexibility by design and an openness to creativity. We discussed how teaching is central to this and discussed the workflow and tools coaches have at their disposal to teach players in a way that is most relevant to them. The head coach at Bridgewater College, Scott Lem, joins me to dig into his process of offensive development. Before being named head coach at Bridgewater, Coach Lem was previously an assistant with the Eagles for 11 years including two as the offensive coordinator. He directed the offensive line for eight seasons after coaching the defensive line in 2010. Prior to coming to Bridgewater, Lem began his coaching career at conference rival Randolph-Macon. Prior to his time with the Yellow Jackets, he was a first-team All-American at James Madison in 2008 and was the Remington Award winner as the nation's top center while aiding the Dukes to an FCS semifinal appearance in a number one ranking for much of the 2008 season. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. On today's podcast, we look at the idea of being creative and being willing to bring new things into your offense with balancing how you keep the learning consistent for your players. We'll also get into how that is taught and some of the technology used to teach it and how to be efficient with that on a small staff. And joining me to discuss all of that is the head football coach at Bridgewater College, Scott Lem. Scott, great to have you here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Coach. So, Coach, let's dig into this right away. And, you know, before we got going, I said early on in my career, boy, there wasn't a play that I didn't like. And it was always like, how can we fit this in? Or we could do this. Or look at how much success this team had with this play, especially against this opponent. And... All of that needs a filter in order for you to take an approach like that. So for you, what is that filter that makes sure that, hey, we're still going down a path and we're on a, you know, we're on a track. We're willing to see what we can merge in, but we're on a track that we have to keep this moving forward. For us here at Bridgewater, it really starts with, okay, this is the personnel. And I think it starts kind of postseason as you start to look into your spring group. What's your personnel and what do you think they're going to do well? That that really dictated for us this past offseason a lot of the things that we did for our spring studies. And then you're right. I mean, we tried to get a variety of offenses to be able to study, whether it be Georgia or TCU, you know, some of your better teams, some of your obscure teams, just looking at statistics on the NCAA statistics and finding a team that like Oregon or Oregon State or Utah, some some of the West Coast teams. I'm an East Coast guy, so I don't watch a lot of Pac-12 at night. 
And so a lot of those have been fun to study because I haven't watched them other than some of the crossover or bowl games. So I didn't have a great background on them. But being able to see what is going to fit your upcoming personnel. Okay, hey, we know the the style of offense. Our style is we we want to be a, a multiple pro offense. We want to be we want to be balanced, run to pass, call. We want to, to be multiple personnel and move people in and out. Those are things that we try to find, and then we try to figure out how can we teach it to the players so that everything just isn't ten personnel based, or everything isn't just eleven personnel based. And you're going to have the things that you lean on out of those personnel. But but we would like to be able to, to do multiple plays out of multiple personnel as much as possible. And a lot of times you're seeing teams that you're able to pick and gather probably things that you do already. You know, I, I know that a, there's a lot of carryover in football, but w- what can we get really good at and, and how can we get our, our players understanding it? I think that is the hardest part. That's the, the thing in our offense that we try to narrow it down. You know, I know that there's the old story from from Mike Leach where they would go through and they would study and they would say, this, this is great. You know, we're going to do this. Okay. You know, now something else is coming out of the playbook. Mm-hmm. We try to go two for one on that. If we put in two things, take out one, figure out what, what we can really hang our hat and and what fits the defenses that we're going to see in our league. I think that's the other thing is you, you sometimes in the off season, you, you study and you work really hard, especially on some past concepts, probably that, you go, this is great versus this, and then you get into your league play, and it might be a great cover three concept, and nobody's playing, you know, you're not seeing a lot of cover three. And so right, right. that part, once you get around to the season, then that part becomes a big part of the decision-making. Right. Well, I think with anything you bring in, it does have to have those answers. So while it might be good for one particular thing you see, you don't play that one particular thing every week or you know maybe you get it multiple weeks during the season so that has to be efficient and I think the other thing in studying off season I've always believed in getting multiple resources for that and I I could give you multiple examples one I don't think I've shared before on the shows the power read and you know for us we're looking at putting in the power read and initially our thought was oh this is easy it's you know we run power we're good at power this will be easy and you know the first time we run it with our quarterback uh and it was kind of a a mid-season thing we we're like oh that did not look so good uh, we need to learn more about this so you know out it goes and then it led to a study so it's getting like i remember at the time we've we got I was in Northern Illinois, and then there was somebody out on the West Coast we got filmed from, I think maybe Georgia Southern, four or five teams that were running it. And as we look at it, we're like, these are all not the same thing. They're they're different. Look at what the quarterback does in this one. Look at how far they take this mesh out. Look at this team's running it downhill in the A-gap all the time with their quarterback, and they hardly give it. And so then it becomes, how does it fit us, right? So I think that's an important filter in for you guys you know, what first drives that? Is it the personnel that you're looking at? Is it the defense? What What is it that's going to, I guess, bring that and say, hey, yeah, this is a little bit sticky for us. This this is something we're going to work on. Yeah, for us, it, it, I'll give you an example. We put in a new pass concept this offseason, and, and really what it developed from was me looking at, at our quarterbacks and and, and really looking at adjusting their drop. And so I've been a, a pretty traditional drop for, for our quarterbacks and teaching them, and I've coached them since 19. And, you know, what it led me to was, was Coach Longo when he was at UNC. 
there was a lot of things you could just find online just in, in Googling it. And I was lucky enough, uh, I've got a, a friend named Rob Everett who's, who's with him at Wisconsin now. And I know Rob's been on your podcast before. And so in reaching out and in learning a little bit about that, then he talked about, hey, well, we've got this great concept that we work off of it. Let me show it to you because it really, it, it really defines why the footwork is the footwork. And so I think it can start from there. You know, you're talking to a friend and you're just talking about a technique and then you go, gosh, that, that's something really similar that we do. But I think, I think if we do it this way, it'll make this better. And so for us, what we've really dove in on, on that concept throughout the spring, we're on practice 11 today. I think we've run it through seven practices. I think in our, in our teams, we've probably gotten over 30 reps at it a variety of ways. And so think that, hey, the idea can start as something as small as that. You know, like I said, I was looking for to, to change an adjustment in a technique and, and just talking to a friend in the profession, found a play that, you know, again, was similar to something we did already. The teaching was able to carry over some. And really, I think it's going to end up benefiting us throughout the season. And so, yeah, I think hey, always having your eyes open for things like that and then you know, like like you mentioned though, there there's some great plays, and, and you watch. You know, and I'm I'm a biggest football fan as I am in the profession, and just seeing okay, hey, gosh, we do that, and we can put that little wrinkle on it. But then you start getting into the teaching of it, like you mentioned with power read, and you go, oh gosh, this is way more than you know what I thought. And and just for us to get really good at it, we're gonna have to eliminate something else, and and it maybe it doesn't fit us anymore. And yeah, I think that's the danger when you go from spring into the fall without having been able to practice, you know, a lot of those ideas. And and I know even for us, having turned around during COVID from the spring season to the fall, we really never got that off-season study to go, okay, hey, what what needs to come out? What needs to fit us now? You almost had to, to, it was like trial by fire in the fall since our guys aren't around all summer and since, you know, we're not able to, to install those things. Yeah, and you mentioned Phil Longo, been on the podcast multiple times and I really believe like he's very disciplined about how much he's going to carry and you know he mentioned on the podcast like his playbook at home is as tall as he is but the one that he brings to his team is is going to be very tight and simplified enough right so you don't want to oversimplify but it's simplified enough and I think as you're talking about it right the a play still has you have to figure out how it fits within the flow of your offense thinking again you know early on and I mentioned to you did a study and it kind of changed everything for me and this is probably around 2003 where you know sat down and looked at what we were doing and it was just a grab bag of offense and all on their own good plays but that was the problem they were all on their own within our offense too they didn't fit together and so when you're looking at that what what kind of framework do you look at? What kind of questions do you ask yourself to say, well, what's this a compliment off of? Or, you know, what is this replacing as a base play? Yeah, I think that's something that, that we're constantly doing because, you know, like the power read, you know, to use that as an example, we, we run power and, and I'm a big believer in it. And I think that we did the same thing this past year and, and gosh, probably a decade ago, we, we ran power read when it was when it was really just evolving as a play. Uh, and it spent a lot of time on it, really studied it. I mean, really had the mesh down. And and then this year got to it and go, you know, you're drawing it up on a Monday and a Tuesday and you go, oh, this looks really good. We can just tag it on here. It, it'll be fine. And then you get eight reps at it. And 
you know, you run it in the game, and I think our percentage on it, I think we ran it three times. I think we were one for three and had a, had a misread and, you know, just didn't give all our our players a, a great opportunity to, to really be successful because of the reps that, that we didn't take at it. So for us, it, it, it is, it's, it's limiting those things. I think that we're always going to look for balance in our offense, and so I think that goes in your play calling as well. It, 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 that's how I look at play calling, so from a run game, we're going to carry both gap and zone. And I know that, you know, you might talk to some people and they go, oh, no, if you're going to run zone, you know, the old Alex Gibbs approach. Like, you know, I, I can think when I first started coaching, and this might have even been a cool clinic before, but I've got the DVD and, you know, he gets up and he's given the cool clinic talk and he says, if you want somebody to coach pullers, like call somebody else. And and that worked for him, right? And so, you know, that, that was successful for, for the style of offense that they ran. But for us, we get different kind of linemen all the time. Some guys have that ability to get vertical push and knock people off the ball, and we can we can just rely on inside zone. And sometimes we don't, or sometimes we've got to play a younger player because of injuries, and, and you need to create those angles. And so that can be the strength and gap. So sometimes our running backs don't have the, the shiftiness sometimes that you need to, to be a great zone runner, but you put a puller out in front of them, and, and they become a great, you know, a, a much better back. So yeah looking at those things and then and that's going to be our core i mean we're going to look at how do we run the zone how do we run power how do we run pin and pull and then you know we'll try to pick and sparse one or two other runs from there when when we're looking a few years ago we really got big into the jet zone kind of just just prior to it, it hitting big and i think the other thing is you've got to look at from an offensive perspective hey if this is really in vogue in college football you're not the only person that's studying it. You know, the defensive coaches are studying it as well. And, and I think you're seeing that from the jet right now to where everybody in our defense does it as well. When they install something, they talk about the jet fit, you know, right away. It, it, it you know, goes back, makes me think of like back in 14 and 15. And, and now it's just second nature to talk about your, your, okay, what's my zone read fit? Because everybody knows that quarterback in the gun when they run zone or they leave the backside edge unblocked, here comes, you know, I better have my read ready to go. Where in my background, I played at JMU, and in 07 and 08, we were we were a zone option team, and, and that was pretty new. You know, teams, we would our quarterback, I mean, he ended up just getting in our Hall of Fame there, James Madison. I mean, he had a ton of yards. I think he rushed for 1,700 yards. And so my goal is, as I'm looking at plays, how can we stay ahead of the curve with what we do and, and maybe just a small wrinkle? I think our offensive line coach does that in the way that he thinks and just – the way that he brings it. And I think as a staff, you know, that, that's one of the most important things about just being around one another. And, and I've been lucky to have some continuity, but have also been able to hire some, some outside people as, as people have moved on and, and gotten good jobs. And, and so they, with new ideas, I, I'm always willing to listen. And, and so I think, you know, if those can make our, our offense better, uh, we're, we're going to at least practice them and install them and see if they fit. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, 
Vertical Rays has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalrays.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. Yeah, I think a lot of that goes to the teaching of it, right? So how how can we fit this into what we're doing? Time's limited, right? Not just the reps, but the technique time. So if something does require a lot of new technique, whether that be the backfield mechanics or especially blocking technique, then it does become more difficult to make that successful. And, you know, I had an offensive line coach when I was at BW, Mark Jockham, who did an incredible job of looking at schemes and finding the techniques that were same as. And I, I was from that same school of thought, watched all the Gibbs stuff, really dug into the, the zone schemes and really got our offense to that point where, hey, we're just going to run zone. We're going to be a zone team. We're not going to do all these other things and you know quickly shed all of those other concepts. And we got really good at it. But what I picked up from Mark was that power in inside zone or tight zone like we were running as an example or you know our, our front side deuce block was like a backside zone b block right and so he would just say you know we're drilling both right i'm drilling both with these guys it's not a an individual period where i'm just working power i'm working both of these blocks and so i think that's where you find the efficiency in things when you can fit it in like that when it's a there is the same as teaching yeah i think i think getting your players bought into that efficiency is really important i mean some that we put into our playbook each year and is i just call it our offensive cheat sheet and it fits on one excel page and it's our entire offense i mean down to the the formations just the just the words just the names on how we can tag things between our formations the, the way we can adjust our formations our motions and so you know i think as you as you put those words together Man, they they can seem you know pretty complicated, but then when you look them on a page and you go, okay, hey, I, I know you know you get a guy to go through and go, oh, I know exactly what all those things mean, and just to okay, hey, it's it's really it's one page of, of now, hey, you can make you can edit it and font it and the way they make it make it the right way, but that's what we try to do, and, and so as you talk about that same as it's remember, hey, this fits here, this fits here, you know, in the, in that bucketed teaching of the carryover and just so important and I, I agree and, and offensive line wise that that's the group having been an offensive lineman having coached for a long time that that's the group that when we try to be flexible and be creative we try to make the least adjustments on because you don't get a chance to make a mistake you take a wrong step you do this you do that like that, that play's not going to be very good we try to limit the variety that we have up front. And so then they can limit their calls and limit the checks and, and limit all the different things that they've got to think about in those scenarios and the different fits that they need to work up front, especially uh, the variety of fronts that we're seeing right now in college football. It's pretty challenging. And just you think of a, how you how you design something, okay, is it good for four down? Is it good for three down? Is it good for four eyes? Is it good for the tight front? Is it good for the over? Is it good for the under? Is it good for the stack? You know, in our league, we're going to see it all. And so when we think of, okay, how do we need to protect this? How do we need to block it? We need to be ready for all those elements. And so as we're thinking about, you know, is this does this fit us or does this not, that's a big element we have. And so we're not check with me oriented offense. We're, we're not the NFL. We don't have the headset in. So I think some of those things can be hard because somebody, if not, and you've got to get to the perfect look every time, somebody's got to be dependent on doing that. And typically it's your quarterback. And, you know, what do you do if your whole offense is based around that? 
and now your quarterback starting the game for the first time and, and he's got to make, you know, calls for 75 plays and, and a decision on 50 of those plays. And yeah, I think that's the other element to your offense is it, it better not overwhelm that guy. Right. Right. Yeah. I think you brought it up too in what you're saying, you know, things fitting into buckets and in the terminology, right. Being able to fit it on one page. And when I took over at BW, it was a, a great exercise for offensive staff where, we threw all of our terminology up on the board. And it was one of those things that you could tell, okay, there's been different coordinators here over the last few years and, and in trying to keep it similar for or the same for the players, the this terminology was put in and that terminology was put in and nothing fit. And so we went through the process of streamlining and looking at, you know, first our formations and going down from like 45 words to players basically you needed to know 12 sets of words if, if you are XYZ and number zero through nine if you are slot and are running back. And it simplified that. But in the process, what we did is we built it for exactly what you're talking about, allowing for some of this creativity, whether that's you know week to week or season to season. We started asking what if questions too when we're building the terminology. So what if we don't do this right now, but what if we wanted to do this? What if we wanted to run a lot of bunch and that was our thing or empties or whatever it might be looking at the same thing in the run game? What if this for some reason, what if we went to like a three back offense? Not that we would, but how would this terminology structure adjust for that? And we built it all out. Some of it we never even talked to the players, but we knew from you know, those buckets, as you said, or thematically and how we create these families that we had a structure that fit it. And I think that allows you to be creative as well. Yeah. And, and, and this spring, Keith, I switched coaching positions. And so teaching our running backs, part of our pass game and how it fits and understanding that, you know, something as simple as anything that's this term means this play, you know, we're a, we're a word oriented uh, pass game. And so, okay, if, if you hear this and it fits into this, this column, you know, if it's an NFL team, you know it's a quick game. If you you know if you hear it as a an NBA team, you know it's a drop back. And so right away they can already associate you know those things. I think that that word association for our players is so so important. And then it gets them playing faster. You know now they can anticipate, and you know if they can anticipate, then then they're going to be better off. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. 100%. And this then... I think is a good time to transition into a discussion about how we teach all this stuff and how we're efficient with it. And division three level teaches you about wearing a lot of hats. 
kind of like the high school guys, very similar to that, right? But, you know, thing in a college football, uh, there's so many things you need to do that you learn ways to be efficient. As an example, within all my duties, whatever it might be, academic strength and conditioning, my head coach wanting to sit down and watch a lot of film for me, uh, led me to creating this Excel spreadsheet that populated my whole script for the week in, you know, in one day and took out like five hours of work for me so I could dedicate some things the other time. So finding tools, finding workflows to be efficient in teaching is important. And for you guys, what are some of the best things you've done in that regard? Yeah, well, I, I mentioned earlier, Keith, I mean, I'm, I'm a guy that's, that's willing to try things. I think when you're, when you're trying to be creative, you've got to be willing to, to try new things and, and embracing technology. It has been huge for us. Um, you know, we, uh, you, you know, we're walking around, everybody in the bulk of our guys have iPhones or, or, you know, everybody's got a smartphone and, um, you know, I always tease that we've got a, a computer that's stronger than the one that put the man on the moon. You know, let, let's look at it and let's use it for learning all the time. And, and the other association I make is uh, we all have something on our phone that we kill time with, you know, some kind of game or, you know, maybe it's scrolling through social media in that five minutes. You know, our goal is that, that everything that we do is able to be accessed for our players by their in their phone while, you know, while they have that five minutes instead of, you know, instead of taking and going and playing, you know, candy pop, you know, or, or whatever the, you know, block game on their phone might be, they're going to take five minutes and, and we've got practice here at four o'clock and they're going to pull up our script. So, you know, just, just embracing using, whether it's a Google drive, we use box here at Bridgewater college. And so that's our shared file, you know, going in and, and seeing the script ahead of time. Rob Everett, I know I mentioned him already. He was a guy that came into our program and, and had, an, had an academic background. Mike Giancola, our defensive coordinator, he came from a high school as well. And so being able to embrace those guys' education background and, and use that flipped classroom learning of, you know, making sure that, that our guys have information ahead of time before we teach it so they can look through it. And, and then questions get to come from that. Our defensive staff and and at times our offensive staff, we've been really big on on using Google Forms. And so, you know, you can have information out to the players and, and have an idea about what they've looked through already in your in your preparation for your meeting, and then just go back and quiz them on things that they've learned. And there might be things that you're going to review that you think, oh gosh, this, this is really important. And the guys know it; they're they're answering in the language that you want them to. And now that, that now that gives you time in your meeting to be able to free up to to cover something else, to go into more detail on your install. That, so Google Forms have been really important for us. Go Army has, has been one that, that we've utilized, and, and Go Army came in to us through Rob Everett when he was still at Westfield, gosh, I guess back in 2014 when yes. it was still in beta. And, and so for us offensively, because we're multiple, we're going to move guys around, we're going to motion shift and I think it's really been a great tool for us because we can we'll draw up every single play in our game plan and throughout the week, and, and so our players can you know obviously see the words and not just have to visualize it but literally you know go to go army look at it and and go through you know their assignments and see you know their X's and O's move. If you're a visual learner and you need to see it move, we've got it we've got it ready for you to move. You know if you're a fourth year guy or third year guy or just Hey, somebody that's comfortable with the language and you just need to pull it up in 2D, we've got that ready to go for you as well. And so, you know, it, it takes some time as a coach. You know, I think that 
our efficiency and in our, in our workflow. And I'm going to put the onus on our coaching staff to obviously take the time so we can create efficiency for our players. With the Go Army Edge, do you guys use it in any other creative ways? You know, we had Ben Cutweka on the other day and saw him on Lawrence First and Goal showing how they use it. He had an actual video in their meeting room. You know, everything's projected on the wall and these guys are picking up with their punt protection, right? Picking up the rush. I used it at when I was at uh, Oberlin College in uh, an old racquetball court, picking up uh, pass protection. Yeah, and I, I actually stole that from you, Keith. I remember <laughs> hearing that a, a long time ago, and, and I went into – we've got a, a dance studio that has a big projector in, and, and our guys could uh, – when I was coaching the offensive line, and, and so – and we had classrooms where we've got, uh, you know, dual dual screens in the classroom, so you can get two guys in front of that. We use it those ways. I think those are some of the ways that it was obviously intended to be able to use. I use it. I use it right now in my running backs meetings for a variety of things. I think, you know, we don't get enough time with those guys for pass protection. Right. And so, just like the offensive line, I use it the same exact way. Hey, who would you fit to? Where would you block? You know, it, it, it's a good teacher of defense, I think. It, I think it can be a really good teacher of the opposite side of the ball. Something that, you know, when you're trying to always install, 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 we probably don't spend enough time on just, hey, this is the why. You know, you understand the why as the coach, but but getting the players to understand the why of the defense. I use it for our running backs just on, on Friday this past week, just as a jump cut drill. Okay, hey, guys, let's start. And, and it's not perfect. You know, I, I realize that. But it, it's pretty close, and it gets them thinking, and it gets them seeing, okay, hey, this is why coach is telling me this. And, you know, and Rob always said it, it's, it, it's, it's as close to the perfect cut-up as, as what you want. And, and again, I, I think the other part is, it, and in our offense in this past year, we moved, I think the number was, was something like uh, 71% of our plays, you know, overall. So for our quarterbacks, just to be able to, to continually visualize those players moving – and see, okay, yeah, this this is where this this is where he's going to get to. I think it's really good for our quarterbacks to be able to know, okay, this is when I need to snap it. You know, we're a gun-based offense, so they got to take they've got to take that into account. But but just having to understand, okay, this is exactly where we want this player to be for that player who's going to motion. You know, yeah. you might get one guy who only gets that motion once throughout the week, and somebody else that gets it four, but that guy who gets it the once might be the one who reps it on Saturday. Kind of depending on the situation, and he knows, you know, hopefully he's been through it, and the coach has taken him through it and seen, okay, this is exactly why we want you to get here. And so the, those are the main ways. Those are the main ways that we use use it, you know, especially offensively, just to be able to to, to see the big picture from a from a play call, and then you know, be able to pick up protection, be able to see people move. Defensively, our guys use it in formation recognition. You know, you can get a whole defense recognized. 20 formations in five minutes sitting in a, in a lecture hall where if you were on cans, you know, that would take 10, 15 minutes of, sure. of a period, you know, to be able to move around and have the scout guys and show the card. And, and so, you know, I, I do, I think when you want to be able to do a little bit more, you've got to figure out ways to, to get your players reps and go army's really been critical to that. Yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, like what you said about providing the, the perfect cut up, right. Those, those teach tape, type of situations, simulations, et cetera. Obviously, you can do a ton getting them into an Oculus for some of that individual learning and, and actually see, you know, with an Oculus, you could see that and project it to your TV too and know where guys' eyes are going. And, you know, I think back to 
the beginning of this stuff. And, you know, Striver Labs, I think, was one of the first ones who came out with it. And the only people who could afford that were the really big programs with a lot of money. Uh, Go Army Edge, obviously, is free. But, you know, even prior to that, it was, man, this was, it's like 2004, somewhere around there. And I'm out watching a JV game and realizing, like, wow, we got some issues at linebacker next year because all these guys got to be our starters and they're not fitting runs right yet. They haven't had enough reps. And so the rest of the year I had, you know, my video guy up behind inside run with a camera. And, and I said, I want you to like get right above the helmets and try to get a perspective here. And we had this big projector in our team room. I said, I just want to be able to project. And he was actually so behind the defense. I want to be able to project for these guys, the run fit coming at them or the run coming at them so they can learn to fit or what some of these look like and trigger them the right way. And I mean, that was very much so like this. Now that was not, you know, not very clean looking all the time. The blocks weren't clean all the time, but it gave us something to train with. And it gives you something to have, you know, meetings with, as you said, protections. I had, I recorded uh, for Lawrence first and goal prior to the clinic. It was a pre-record with Dalton Hilliard at UConn talking about Go Army Edge and how he projects that up in his meeting room and his meetings are not sitting at a desk but let's stand up and I'm going to use this to teach and we're going to see motion come across and you know we're going to make our calls and do all those things it's just an incredible tool and I think you know goes back to creativity really the limitation is what you can create in your mind and you know like we said before put it into an efficient workflow. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, again, from the, the Go Army aspect, and, and, you know, it's something that we've tried to mirror here and how can we create looks. I mean, we try to film uh, as much as possible so guys aren't having to visualize it. And, and really, we're spending not not a lot of time drawing on a board in a meeting, if any. I mean, for the most part, the, the whiteboard is there. We're having to use it at times to, to adjust maybe to answer a question, but even our, it's really made us think of even our drill work. I mean, we film as much of our drill work as possible. And then at the end of, at the end of, in the fall, we try to do it every couple of weeks to, to clear some space out of huddle to, to save space there. And, and then through the, through the spring, again, you know, you teach, you take those teach clips and you go, okay, here, here's the drill and really think of how, how can, not just can I put together my drill tape, but, you know, for another coach who's you know going to have some understanding of it, but, I'm going to have a new player coming in and, and I've got to teach him our language. You know, how can I be prepared to do that? And so, you know, we're a visual society and that's not changing, you know, because of technology. And so we try, like, like you did back in 2004, I mean, we try to provide, you know, okay, here's the go army. Look at it. Here's how it should be. Okay. Here it is live. And then, you know, through our off season film study, if we see things that carry over and you go, gosh, that, that's exactly how we want to do it too. Yeah, I think it's good to, to remind our players we're not the only ones who are doing this. You know, this isn't this isn't unique to us at some times. And you know, and, and here's different guys making the mistake. I mean, you know, you can study the the best defense out there in America. And you can study Georgia, and I'm sure a couple of their guys are making the same mistake that that our guys are as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, it's been great to hear. You know, how you look at things from a creative perspective, how you start to fit those in your offense and in a teaching framework, and then how you use the technology to bring it all together. Uh, I really appreciate your time for coaches out there. You can follow Coach Lem on Twitter. It's at Coach Lem. That's L-E-M-N. 
And Coach, I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. It was great to connect with you. All right. Thanks so much, Keith. Appreciate you having me on. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, put together your own process and filters for how new ideas are adopted or rejected from being adopted into your offense. Every coach on your staff wants to be able to bring ideas to the table. Whether something is implemented or not has to have a framework which it fits within. Coach Lem starts with personnel. Then he looks at how it fits prior teaching, especially for the offensive line. And then finally, he looks at how or if it is relevant to use against the defenses they face. If something goes in, then something goes out, and they identify what that is. Setting up parameters for how new ideas will be implemented will keep allowing questions to be answered by the coach bringing in the new idea, and the process will promote ownership in what is part of the playbook. In this way, everyone can be a contributor to an evolving offense. Two, Every offseason, take inventory of your terminology. I've shared a resource for this before, but I will link it in the show notes on coachingcoordinator.com. A well-structured taxonomy for your language will allow you to easily adapt new ideas. Three, find the tools that are most relevant to the way your players learn. This is constantly evolving as the manner in which we consume information as a society changes. We certainly are video-driven society, and those ideas are given to us in short pieces. With that in mind, using a flipped classroom approach, as we talked about, allows your players to utilize a five-minute period to learn what is on the script or what will be installed for that day on their phones. Designing everything with that approach to delivery by their phone will definitely lead to more engagement in the coaching content you put together. Four, use Go Army Edge, even if it's with small things. We've had several coaches discuss how they use it with all the different positions and units. As Coach Lem discussed, it just speeds up the process for giving your players mental reps. The way to get started, as Coach Kotwika mentioned a couple weeks back, is to do it in small pieces. Pick one thing at a time, get better at that, then add to how you use the technology. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes and resources. In addition, we have articles and our winning edge takeaways detailed in text. Also sign up for our free weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, trending episodes, and featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.